Hi there. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. My name is Kieran and I'm a CBT therapist with Journey Rooms. We hope to use this podcast as an opportunity to introduce people to CBT therapy and to help them learn and recognize some of the most common mental health difficulties that people face, but also to gain some insight into how CBT as a therapy can help them. So today in this episode, we're going to have a look at what anxiety is, so how we recognize it and what the symptoms are. We're also going to have a quick look at CBT, what it is and how it can help, and the kind of tools that that we'd use to treat anxiety. Now, worry's always been a part of the world that we inhibit. As we evolved, we evolved with a sense of healthy worry that helps us to keep ourselves safe and well. However, sometimes this healthy worry can spill over and become unmanageable. And that's when we talk about anxiety. So the world we live in, it's a complex and stressful place. The complexities of modern living are completely unparalleled. At no other time in our history did we have so many competing demands on us emotionally and mentally. And to top all of this off, over the last couple of years, we've had to deal with a global pandemic. And that's had a negative impact on almost every single aspect of our lives, particularly our mental health and our emotional well-being. Now, anxiety is nothing new. You know, um, there's been diagnosis of anxiety, which can be traced back as far as the 4th century BC, you know, with the work of um, Hippocrates. And, you know, although the rates of anxiety may appear to be on the rise, there's quite a few who would argue that, you know, it's not increased, but rather it's our willingness to kind of talk about it and, and to seek help, which has which actually increased, which is why we're hearing about anxiety more and more. Now, as far back as the 1st century AD, Anxiety was noted as being separate from sadness or depression, and this is how our general understanding of anxiety has developed you know, into the present day. You know, one way that we often describe the difference is that depression is about the past, whereas anxiety is more about the future. Now, in the UK, we've got the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, and this is an organisation that creates recommendations for how healthcare workers and other professionals should care for people with specific conditions. Now, the NICE guidelines, as we call them, they consider anxiety disorders to be a common mental health condition. And anxiety is often defined as a feeling of unease, such as worry or fear that can be mild or severe. Now, this general emotion, it's different to an anxiety disorder, which are considered to be persistent, excessive, and an unrealistic fear or worry, which is beyond the the person's control, and it continues on an almost daily basis. Now, when we look at anxiety, the WHO estimated that there were over 264 million people across the world living with an anxiety disorder in 2015. Now, that's roughly 3.6% of the population, which is a lot of people. Now, and of all of the anxiety disorders, general anxiety disorder was considered to be one of the most common. So, for instance, in the United Kingdom, there was an estimated 8.2 million cases of anxiety in 2013, which worked out as a one-week prevalence of 6.6%. So 6.6% of the population in any given week were suffering from the symptoms of anxiety. Now, in Scotland, where I practice as a therapist, there were over 473,000 people estimated to be suffering from anxiety in 2020, with 14% of adults surveyed saying that they suffered from two or more symptoms of anxiety. That's a massive amount of people. That's like walking into a room of 10 people and one person has anxiety. So there's a huge amount of 
of people out there suffering from anxiety, and these figures have only gotten worse over the last couple of years due to the global pandemic. As we go on, we're going to find more and more studies being released um, and more and more reports showing that our anxiety is going through the roof. Now, as I mentioned earlier, there's many different types of anxiety disorders, and as we'll discuss in episode two, but today we're going to focus a little bit on generalized anxiety disorder, or GAD, as it's uh, most often called, because that's one of the most prevalent anxiety disorders. And when it comes to GAD, there's a specific criteria which your healthcare profession will look for when considering a diagnosis. So these begin with excessive worry or anxiety over several issues over a period longer than six months, which is excessive in nature. Now, excessive, it's a very important word there because excessive worry is worry which is disproportionate to the present risk or when there is no specific threat or reason to worry. So the worry itself, it's above and beyond what you would expect to be healthy. And the worry, it's difficult to control and it can be fluid in its focus. So that means that it's not specifically one thing. The worry bounces around. It goes from worrying about, let's say, a loved one or your job or or what you're going to be doing. So it, it's constantly, it can be constantly moving. And, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, that worry. Now, I never considered myself to suffer from anxiety. And until I began training as a therapist... I thought that I was ideally suited to helping other people because I had it all together. And to be completely honest, it didn't take long into that journey before I realized that actually I'm not quite as calm as I thought. You see, I'd been suffering from anxiety for years. In fact, I'd been suffering with my anxiety for so long that I just thought that's how I'm meant to feel. This is normal. I'd put in place all these coping mechanisms and ways of avoiding things that I didn't have to deal with my anxiety and I thought that was the way things were meant to be and I was okay. And then I started to peel away those coping mechanisms and dig into what was going on and there was so much to contend with. Now we talk about not taking away somebody's coping mechanism unless we have something better to replace it with in CBT because those coping mechanisms are a protection. You know, when, you, when you're at a party and you pull your phone out in that credit room and you start scrolling through Facebook so you look busy, that's a coping strategy. That's a way of avoiding social interaction or worse, you know, social rejection. But that's something we'll explore later. But that's what CBT does. It gives you better coping mechanisms. Now, when we look back at the symptoms, the important part is first and foremost recognizing that you've got issues with anxiety and recognizing what exactly is happening to you when you're feeling anxious. Because often we're not that self-aware. We just chalk our experiences up to things just being that way. So because there is a wide range of symptoms, coupled with a lack of general understanding of the symptoms of GAD, many people just dismiss their symptoms as a simple worry, which can lead to a lack of diagnosis and treatment. Now, we've discussed how you know it's all about excessive worry, but that can kind of include kind of feelings of nervousness, restlessness, or, or being tense, and that difficulty in controlling the worry. And many people will describe having a sense of impending danger, or panic, or doom. You know, it's it can be all-encompassing, um, and that's just kind of going on in their minds. But then you've got the physical aspects as well. So you've got that increased heart rate. You know, some people describe you know, breathing rapidly, the hyperventilation, 
and then you've got some people who sweat or who tremble and other people in turn can then can feel weak or tired you know a lot of people who suffer from anxiety find that they have trouble concentrating and they can't think about other than anything other than what they're just worried about in that moment in time um sleep problems are another common symptom of anxiety and even gastrointestinal problems and everything from constipation to diarrhea um you know anxiety it has a massive impact on your well-being and it impacts you in so many different ways but that's the good thing about cbt a cognitive behavioral therapy it can help you with your anxiety so i guess the first kind of question a lot of people ask is what is cbt what is cognitive behavioral therapy well it's a talk talking therapy that can help you manage your problems by changing the way you think and behave so you sit in a room whether it's one-to-one or in a group with a therapist and you use a series of tools and techniques to help to alleviate what's distressing you or causing you the difficulties and there's a number of different tools and approaches that we use as CBT therapists. So one of the first ones and the most important ones is cognitive restructuring. So cognitive restructuring is a way that we use to help you identify kind of stressful or unhelpful thoughts or thinking styles and replace them with something more productive or positive that is more beneficial. So the second one that we use is guided discovery. And guided discovery is a process where you know, we help you to reflect on the way that you process information, how you think about what's going on in the world around you and what's happening. Now, another one then on top of that we have is exposure therapy. So this treatment was developed to help people to confront their fears. So when you're scared of something, you tend to avoid it, whether it's an object, an activity or a situation. And although this avoidance might help reduce the feelings of fear in the short term over the long term, it can make that fear become worse. So exposure helps with this because it helps to desensitize you to your to what's the cause of your anxiety. And then we've got other techniques like relaxation and stress reduction techniques. So one of my favorite um, stress reduction techniques is diaphragmatic breathing. And this is a way of taking slow, deep breaths, which lets you focus on on your body and your breathing uh, and it does, it helps to, helps to relax and it's best used, you know, on, on a daily basis, kind of like exercise or as a way to get through a tough situation that's maybe causing anxiety to grow. What I tend to do um, when I'm doing diaphragmatic breathing, I sit down somewhere comfortable, put my feet flat on the floor, I'll place one hand on my belly and one hand on my chest and I'll slowly inhale and slowly exhale. So I'm wanting to fill my lungs. So instead of feeling my upper hand, the hand resting on my chest moving, my lower hand, the one resting on my belly, that starts moving in and out. So you want to bring the air down to the bottom of your lungs and inhale deeply. And just do this for five, 10 minutes if you have time. And it's a great way of just helping yourself to relax. So I hope that you found this quick introduction to anxiety beneficial. In the next episode, we're going to have a wee chat about the different types of anxiety, some of the risk factors, and we'll maybe start to look at coping mechanisms, both the unhelpful and the helpful. So thank you very much for your time today and take care.